consistent grind size. I think that's what separates high-end grinders or home grinders you may have at home because you may go to you may go to your local store and get a little whirly mill grinder or even a burr grinder but it may cannot actually get the grounds fine enough for a real shot of espresso i'm kenneth thomas and you're listening to coffee 101 brought to you by humble coffee Coffee 101 is your one-stop shop for everything that you need to know and even things that you didn't realize you needed to know about coffee. We talk about, in the episode today, espresso, like home espresso. So this is kind of an exciting episode um, because of that. And I'm joined in the studio today, as always, with Katie. Katie, how are you? I'm pretty great. Um, so today on the episode, this is actually a fun episode because we're going to dive, you know, deep onto the theory of espresso, which has such a huge impact in, you know, coffee um, itself. But but we're going to try to also focus on making espresso at home because a lot of our listeners are home listeners and um, they would like to have that at home um and so what are your do you have any thoughts opinions proclivities about espresso espresso itself yeah espresso itself or different ways to make it or i like it better than just drip coffee cool i knew cool. i liked you i oh. knew i liked you oh i'm so glad <laughs> seeing as i've been on here for a year now yes and um I do as well. I like, uh, if, if I had to pick between a cup of drip and a cup of espresso, I would probably choose an espresso, especially as first yeah. thing in the morning. I feel like espresso, you can just do more with it, but also like, I don't know, drip coffee kind of just like upsets me. Like upsets you in general or upsets your stomach? Upsets or? my stomach because okay. it's kind of like you have the whole coffee but then if you want to put cream and sugar in it, you have to put, like, not a ton, but, like, the smallest amount you put in there, it'll instantly turn, like, white. Mm. Or, I don't know, it's just kind of, like, too much for me, because it's, like, a lot of milk plus a lot of coffee, and I'd rather just have the espresso with some milk right. and stuff than having, like, a whole, I don't know, like... Drip coffee just tastes like watery to me almost. Yeah, compared to espresso. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It's a concentration thing. Um, And, you know, at home, there are actual home espresso makers out there. Um, But, you know, and we talk about some of that in the show. One thing we don't talk about, and I've got Stefan Tribble, my good coffee friend, um, today, if I hadn't said that already. And uh, one thing we didn't talk about, is like for example, I have at home a flare espresso maker, which is mm-hmm. one of those things where you put it in and it's a lever arm where you press that lever arm down. Interesting. Yeah. To like actual like plunge, you know, the yeah. the espresso shot itself. Um 
my friend's family has like a little baby espresso maker, mm-hmm. which is like the one that like we have at the shop. Um, but it's like smaller. It's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. They're cute, but they pack a punch, you know, in the morning, yes. which is what you need. Yes. Um, well, let's just jump right into it. This is my conversation about all things espresso, but particularly home espresso with my good friend and coffee geek, Stefan Tribble. Stefan, it's been a while. Yeah, it has. It has. I feel like I pop on occasionally here. I always love to be on Coffee 101. Yes. So, you know, I thought it'd be good to get you back in at this point because we're starting to get into some of the, you know, ways that we do home brewing and going over that kind of stuff. But um, there are some more unique ones where it's kind of harder to find what I would call the right person to be able to talk about. And and one of those things is espresso at home, yep. which espresso itself is not easy. Correct. But at home is even harder. It is. Um, but I know that's one of your two main go-tos. Yeah, definitely. Probably one of my main two go-tos. I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, Definitely, the espresso machine comes on in the morning. The wife likes to pull her a shot normally and, and make her a latte before she gets out the door. And then it's either an espresso for me or, or probably like an AeroPress or some cold brew or something. So I got you. It's definitely. Yep. And, um, you know, when you say, so you, you pull a shot at home, what, what kind of um, equipment are you using? So I have a, I have a Gaggia Classic. It's a fully manual espresso machine so okay it's it's one of those good uh machines that you can hack around with you can you can do things to it's it's pretty simple mechanics it's got a boiler it's got three buttons on it you can steam some milk and you can pull some pretty decent shots so okay. um it's it's uh, definitely a classic that's why i think they well, they definitely call it the gaggia classic but uh it's a gaggia brand um uh, it's definitely not the most expensive machine out there not the cheapest uh, there's definitely some really fancier machines out there, like the Ranchilios or yeah. even some of the Breville machines or Sage, depending on what part of the world you're in. Yeah, um, brands that that have a lot more features and stuff. This is pretty simple. You, you've got to do everything right, and if you don't, then it's yeah, <laughs> it's a soupy mess. So well, and you know, this is and speaking of doing everything right. I mean, espresso. You know, you're trying to nail something in instead of we'll say three minutes you're trying to nail it in 30 seconds and so i kind of liken it to um the difference in being on your like church softball team and you know going up against like you know an ace for the yankees yeah yeah (laughs) you know so like like if you get it right yeah like it's a beautiful oh yeah cup of coffee um but you can also get it yes. wrong really quick. Yeah, I mean, in 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 like seconds. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? It's and normally I can tell in the first few seconds if I did something wrong. And my wife tends to forget to check the grinder because we have a kind of a multi-use grinder. I, some people have two uh, grinders at home, yeah. uh, but we have we have one main grinder that we that we flip between on either espresso grinding, which I'm sure you know we're going to get into that as well, talking about yeah. grinding your coffee and all that stuff and and how that. Maybe a challenge at home for espresso versus, uh, you know, some kind of a drip or, or something else. So uh, that's normally the first thing she's like, ah, messed up. Forgot to check the uh, the grind size this morning on the on the grinder. So, yeah. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll when we get like towards the end of talking, 
this will make a little more sense. But, you know, when it is that more coarse grinds, um, but it, but let's say you get the time still correct, um, you're probably going to be pulling too much water through correct. unless that water is metered. If that water is metered, then your time is going to be shorter, if yep. that makes sense. Yep. Um, and it's just going to taste. It's going to taste very, very citrusy sour. and yep. sour and yep. acidic and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but let's back up and talk more in general about espresso because espresso is – it is so important to like historically, you know, coffee itself, but also um, it it makes up, you know, the base for so many drinks, um, you know, that we have. Um, so I'm just going to throw some stuff out there and, you know, you jump in at any time, Stefan. So yeah. um, we're starting with like finely ground coffee and we're starting with high pressure and we talked about a second ago with your grinder. Sometimes at home, you may not have a dedicated grinder for espresso. And if you do, a lot of times they're fairly expensive um, because you have to have such a fine Correct. grind because you need the surface area. Yep. You need the surface area of the coffee in that little 25 to 30 second window to get the right amount of extraction that you would get out of, say, drip coffee on like a two-and-a-half-minute window. Correct. And, and uh, consistent grind size. That's, yeah. I think that's what separates high-end grinders or home grinders you may have at home because you, you may go to your local store and get a little Whirly Mill grinder or yeah. even a burr grinder, but it may cannot actually get the grounds fine enough yeah. for a real shot of espresso or uniform enough to give you that uniform surface area because if you have different fines and different pieces in there you, you know you're, you're going to be extracting that coffee at a different rate versus stuff that's yeah. a little bit bigger so well you know in a second ago i said um pressure so fine grounds and pressure so you're thinking okay well why do you need pressure um if you don't like let's say you don't have pressure and you have these fine grinds and and every coffee one on one or who is worth their weight in coffee out there, like like they have seen this. If you grind too fine for your pour over, especially if you're using a Hario V sixty or something like that, some kind of cone dripper, and you're pouring, then it's gonna stall. Yep. Um clog because up. it's gonna clog up because you've got like it's they're they're too fine and then all of a sudden your water gets stuck. And so that's where the pressure comes in is you're controlling the surface area with the grind, and then you're controlling the rate that the water goes through with the pressure. And so back in the day, they came up with this, um, you know, I'd say late 1800s, early 1900, um, because we're even today, but even then, like we are creatures that like we want something and we want it to be really good, but we want it faster. You know, so so people got impatient waiting there, whatever, three minutes or even more than that for their batch brew. Yep. Um, and so, like, how can we get it faster? You know, and so that's where the espresso um, was born. Yep. And I think a challenge at, at home is, talking about pressure, is a lot of the machines that you buy for the home, or a lot of the machines that are targeted for the home as an espresso, quote-unquote, machine, uh, may not actually be able to pull the correct pressure that you would need 
Uh, so a lot of times you'll see these things like, oh, 15 bars or 20 bars of pressure. It doesn't really mean it's giving you that consistently. It's it's going to ramp up to that, but then it's going to come back down, and that's really almost too much pressure too. Yeah, I would say probably the traditional number is around nine bars. Now that in today's world with specialty coffee, some of that number fluctuates, I would say probably in the six and a half bar to nine bar range. Mm-hmm. And again, we could get into way geekier things, but I think in a coffee 101 perspective, keeping it, you know, where we are, the yeah. general rule of thumb is like nine bars of pressure. That's going to be forcing that water through the puck. Um, yes. And another way to think about that is uh, what I would call waterhead. So like, you know, that, that pressure is like if you had a 300-foot head of water that was pushing down on your espresso shot. So if you didn't want to buy an espresso maker and you could figure out how to do this, you could have a 300-foot, you know, water head pushing down on your espresso. It would actually be kind of a yeah. cool little be thing. A very big PVC pipe, I think. <laughs> it, would be, it wouldn't be as sexy as a... <laughs> as a as a you know any yeah. of these espresso machines. Hey, hon, I'm gonna go outside and uh, pull a shot of espresso with our yeah PVC exactly. pipe attached to a tree. Exactly. Let me get like MythBusters thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you could totally do it. That would be funny. Um, you know, and the thing, and so here's another thing with the pressure is pressure is going to change mm-hmm. what you can pull out of what you can extract out of that coffee. So you're going to pull some of the stuff you would for drip, but there's going to be some other things like, like you're going to get some emulsified fats and some dissolved sugars that you would not be able to get out of your pour over or your immersion just with gravity. Um, So it's a totally different uh, beast. And, you know, so like if, if it was, if this was birds, like, you know, drip coffee would be like your tufted titmouse and, Espresso is kind of like your, you know, American Eagle. Do you like that? That was, a, that was it t- took me a second to think about that analogy, but it was a good one. It was a good one. I like that. <laughs> I just, I love, I just love the awkward pause. Like, you know, what in the world is he talking about? But it, but as far oh, as yeah. like extraction and stuff, and we haven't even talked about ratios. So, um, when we're looking at espresso, um, we're looking at about a one to two. Mm-hmm ratio of coffee to water right now you and i just had an espresso yep Yep. just right before we put on the headsets that's why we're uh we're all shaking in our chairs right now because yeah yeah which is a good shake yeah and um so i just had just a straight up dopio just a double Mm -hmm. shot which was a a pretty predictable like one to two um as far as the ratio and you did something a little interesting so on the on the tail end, um, you know, I pulled you a double shot, mm-hmm. and yep. then you added hot water yeah. to that. Yep. But not as much as I would say in an Americano. Um, but technically, and this is getting super geeky, 101ers, is that would not be what we call a lungo, which a lungo. I didn't pull the water through. Yeah. Right, because you didn't. So, so you have like, we'll say ristretto. Dopio and a lungo. So ristretto is pulling over, we'll say a one to one coffee to water ratio ballpark. Um, so you get it super restricted and super concentrated. Uh, dopio is what you're used to, and a lungo is we'll say about a one to four mm-hmm. um, or something like that uh, coffee to water. But you're pulling that water through as opposed to yep. what you did is you pulled the shot and then you added that equivalent. Right, and I. Probably did about a one to one 
of Addition. additional hot water to that. Yeah. Shot, which is kind of how, because I enjoy Americanos. That's normally how I'll either do the shot straight in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the one or two sips straight through, just chuck it down. Or I will dilute and go ahead and do an Americana. But I don't do as much as what most people do. I don't actually pull it up to like, say, a normal six to eight ounce cup of yeah. coffee. I'm just basically putting a one-to-one ratio of, of hot water to, to espresso. At least that's just, again, we can get into some very specifics and, and ratios and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think if you enjoy the coffee you make, that's yeah, at the end of the up. day is all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Um, Stick with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. Let's say you do make espresso at home. If you are looking for a coffee for that cup at home, my personal recommendation would be Front Runner. It's a medium roast, single origin Colombian coffee that Humble Coffee roasts that comes from the Nariño region of Colombia, which is a high growing elevation. So, High growing is going to give you a higher density bean, which is going to give you what I call more bells and whistles in the complexity of what you taste. Another one that's really good that Humble Coffee roasts is Basecamp if you're looking for a little darker roast for your espresso. So those would be my two recommendations for your home espresso machine and your craftiness. All right. Let's get back to my conversation with Stefan Tribble. Super interesting to me because I'm a coffee geek about like that would taste different. Like a double shot would taste different than a Lungo right. would taste different than what you're talking about, which would taste different than an Americano. And I think for me, I like the, the two to one ratio. So like 18 grams of say coffee in, yeah. which may be sort of, if you're at home and you're starting out with espresso, that's probably your, again, we can get in some very geeky things, and people in specialty coffee can go all over the place with ra- with ratios and how much you should be pulling. But let's just keep it simple. Let's say you're going to have 18 grams of coffee to, say, 36-ish grams of water. So that's like mm-hmm. a 2 to 1, 36 to 40 grams of water that's going to be coming out of, you know, into your into your shot, into your double shot. Um, I like the flavor profile, I think, of that more than pulling the Lungo because you're going to – you're going to con- – as you continue to pour more water through, um, you've already saturated those grounds and you've gotten some of that, the essence of the coffee out, or you've gotten, you've already pulled some of those things out. And then as you continue to pull, you're going to continue to pull other things out. And for me, I think I enjoy the flavor of a double shot typ- mm-hmm. typically. Again, yeah. it depends on the type of coffee and right. what you're pulling out. And if I'm unfamiliar with that coffee, I'd prefer just to pull a double shot and then just water it down just enough. Yeah. Um, well, to make it interesting. To be brutally honest, I don't like a lungo. Yeah. And I don't know that I've ever met anybody who likes yeah. a lungo. And so uh, to me, it's interesting to hear, you know, you say, yeah, you know, maybe not as far as like pulling on that tail end of, uh, you know, that puck. Yeah, I think if you, because again, it all comes out, I think, to the machine, the temp of water, and then the you know, the actual coffee, what, where, where is it from? Is it, what's the origin of the coffee? And then what's the roast level? Yeah. I think pulling that through there, um, as a Lungo, but I've, I feel like I've seen people with Lungos, but they've tended to then do something else with them. So they've like put some cream, put or some something. cream or something yeah. else in there I that helps that. cut a little bit of that. But again, for my, my 
preference. I enjoy a good double shot, but sometimes I like to kind of just cut it a little bit. So yeah. Typically, I'll do that with a, yeah. a little bit of hot water. You know, and when we're talking about the espresso shot itself, what we're trying to do and what you're trying to do with any cup of coffee is you're trying to balance acidity, sweetness, and bitterness. And so that acidity is what you're going to get out at the very beginning and then you're going to get that sweetness in the middle, and then your bitterness is going to come on the back end. And, you know, if you get it all right, you have what uh, people would call, like, the God shot is what they would call it. And it's really, really good. You know, I have a friend at Dylan at Tinker Coffee in Indianapolis, Indiana, and he calls that God shot like a, he calls it a three-sip espresso. Mm. So he's like, he's like, it should be good enough that, like, you know, just takes you three three yep. solid sips and and you're good, um, and it just goes down super smooth. Yeah, you know, and the um, uh, we already talked about a little bit. Twenty five to thirty seconds mm-hmm. is kind of where we want to be on the actual from the start of it to when it finishes. Interestingly. And this goes for drip coffee, too. You know, so the the theme is there as far as a common theme is you might want to go a little bit on the finish on the sooner side for darker roast and maybe go on the longer side for um, your lighter roast. And what you're doing is in that dark roast, you're kind of reining back a little bit of the bitterness. Mm -hmm. And on the lighter roast, you're kind of moving a little more into the bitterness to balance out some of that acidity on the front end. Because definitely some of the, you know, you see a lot in the specialty coffee world with the lighter roasted espressos. A lot of people don't like that. That may come from more of a traditional coffee background because it it is a little brighter, a little more acidic. So, you know, if you pull it a little bit longer, you can can tend to get a little bit more out of it. Right. Maybe cut that a little bit. And I think it's important at home, at least I can kind of run through, my basics of like a home, yeah. How I'm going to do it, you know. Yeah, why don't you why don't you do that? Can you do that now? Yeah. So let's, okay. um, you know, one of the things I typically start with is just the basics. Let's get the basics down, especially like if my wife's doing it. She doesn't need to go and experiment with pulling a longer or shorter shot or messing with you know ratios and water temps and all that stuff. But she's tired and she hasn't had coffee yet. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Typically, like a home espresso machine, unlike your commercial espresso machine, A, may not be able to pull the full nine bars. A lot of the fancier ones, a lot of the ones, um, I have an overpressure valve that I installed on mine and a PID controller that I've, I've um, kind of hijacked onto mine uh, <laughs> because it's it's a great machine that you can tinker with and yeah. do some cool little things. Um, and then some, obviously, some other home espresso machines, but then you're getting into like the $1,000, $2,000 range of a yeah. home espresso machine, almost like a prosumer level machine that have some of those things built in that are very similar to what you'd have in an actual cafe right. machine, which obviously, as we all know, is very expensive uh, yeah. for one that you, if you go to your local coffee shop, appreciate it because that yes. thing is not cheap, um, but it does what it does well. Um, and so typically if you go to a, a big box store and you buy something that's an espresso machine, you're really probably not getting a real espresso machine. But say you were to get something that is that mid-range that can technically pull something that's nine bars, um, I I would start with a a good grinder because you got to get a grinder that can do at least close enough yeah. to espresso grind. So typically I weigh my shot in the morning, weigh my beans in the morning. Excuse me. Uh, typically just do the eighteen grams, two to one, eighteen in, thirty six to forty ish out on the on the uh, actual weight amount of the espresso. So 
I'll weigh the beans. Uh, I will do a little spritz of water. So that's RDT, the Ross Droplet Technique. So that helps with static uh, and everything in the grinder because, again, a lot of your lower-end grinders have retention issues and have some static issues, unlike some of the very high-end, multi-thousand-dollar grinders that you may have. So that helps uh, with that. Well, I can tell you, even yeah. with some of those, you'll you have still issues. Need to, yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> you still have to do that occasionally. Uh, so yeah, so a little RDT, a little, little squirts on there. And then when I pull it out, I typically will also uh, WDT it. So I'll actually use a little tool that um, has little needles on it. Yeah. Um, and I will actually uh, kind of get the clumps out. Because again, with lower-end grinders, you may have more clumping and more static cleaning of that coffee together. So... To keep okay. from the coffee channeling. Okay, so 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 I want you to keep going, but yep. I want you to branch out a little bit here because yep. uh, that's something that I think has come more into the mainframe. Correct. The last few years. Yes. So for our one on oneers, I want you to explain exactly what you're talking about more. So, um, with those techniques, and again, yes, I think those are things that have come. And it looks into, like a little spider. Almost. It looks like a little spider. Yeah, it looks. Uh, it's basically a little acu. It's almost like a little acupuncture needles. Yeah, basically, and you can build them yourself. You can make them yourself. However, I do caution if you make them yourself. You know, the types of materials you're putting in, and also the spacing of that does sort of matter. Right. Um. So probably getting them, getting one from a, your one of your trusted coffee suppliers is probably your better bet. Um. But I think like Lance Hedrick and even. Morgan has done a couple videos and things like that on yeah. those those things and has talked about them before and, and how they use them. But um, it basically helps declump and kind of spread out and kind of uh, not emulsify is not the right word because it's not really disperse disperse yeah um, the coffee evenly in your porter filter right so that way when you go to tamp it and, it, it and corrects por- issues okay and let me say this so yeah. porter filter is the actual thing that you have. That you have a handle for and tamp, um, we're going to get into here in just a second. So typically, spritz of water on the beans that I've weighed out at 18 grams through the grinder. That helps with some of the static cleaning and the clumping. And then I'll give the grounds a little swirl there, inwards to outwards, all the way down to the bottom, all the way up with with the um, actual tool to kind of get the clumps all kind of distributed and flat and then... I will tamp, uh, and then I will uh, normally kind of warm up my group head, so warm up the actual espresso a little bit. So I'll pour a little bit of water, the espresso machine a little bit. I'll pour a little bit of water, pull a little bit of water through the machine because, again, mine's more of a consumer, prosumer machine, unlike, say, a machine in the cafe that's constantly keeping all those things nice and warm. That way I can make sure my group head is up to temp. Uh, I'll pop that in there. I have a scale that I put under and a nice little... Uh, little shot cup, and then I will start the pool, and I'll actually pull uh, two weight. So I'll pull two weight. So obviously 18 grams of coffee have gone in. I'll pull 36-ish grams, uh, 36 to 40-ish grams of coffee out or espresso out in that 25, 20. For me, it's around 28 seconds. The 26 to 28 seconds, if I can get it perfectly in there, I'm good. If it doesn't, if it goes in either of those two directions – Beyond that, I, I'm either going too heavy or too light to get, or too short to get that out. Then I know I probably should adjust my grind size and kind of play around with that a little bit to be able to get that number in that ballpark. And again, I think in a, in a home setting, again, there's lots of people that could go more geeky in the how some of these things could matter and what you could do to do some other things with. But I think in a home setting, if you can do those basic things 
18 grams in, 36 to 40 grams out in that 25 to 30 second window, you'll probably have a pretty decent shot. Yeah. Well, okay, so I'm going to jump in and I'll kind of add a little bit here and there. And then, um, you know, I've got some thoughts too. So, um, and where I'm coming from more is a behind the bar type of setting, which is a little different. And some of the stuff you can't actually, it would be impossible price-wise to, you know, make it for it to be worth it at home. Um, But like, so for example, what we do, like we would say that the, you know, standard as far as coffee in, coffee grams in would be like 14 to 22. Uh, At Humble, um, at the headquarters, we use 18. And um, extracted weights, which is different than the original ratio of what we would say that one to two, Mm -hmm. is we're actually looking to get about 30 grams out for yep. final weight because you're going to have some of the water that is going to be retained in you know puck. in the puck um and so that's usually what we're looking for um in that final cup uh for the weight of the espresso um and this is a double shot that we're talking about all of this we're talking about is a double mm-hmm. shot um and then extraction time we've already talked about is about 25 to 30 seconds um, and this is where um, I said at the very beginning we wanted to circle back around and it would make more sense at this point in the conversation is if your time is right but your extracted weight is higher, then next time grind finer and what that'll do is you'll retain more um, in the grounds or in the puck and then vice versa. So if your extracted weight is less for the same amount of time, then you would need to grind coarser, yep. if that makes sense. And then as far as tamping goes, um, just a technicality, um, and I want to see what Stefan has to say here, is if you're going to do it with the old-school manual tamper, um, you know, get somewhere on a counter or the side of a counter where you feel like you can really kind of get on top of it and put the um, the actual you know tamp in, tamper in the palm the end of it in the palm of your hand and you would take um, your thumb and index finger and put it down on the sides and you're trying to just press down evenly and then you would spin it just to kind of polish it a little bit take it off and then brush off any extra grounds yeah and I think. The big, the big thing at home is is even pressure. You don't yeah. need to push it down super, super hard, honestly. It needs to be good, firm pressure. Yeah. Uh, and straight down as possible. Um, yes. In a commercial setting, your tamper and your porter filter is probably much more expensive and much more machining accurate than, say, probably one that you have at your house. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times tampers at home, there may be some tolerance around the edge of the porter filter, which is not as ideal as, say, in a commercial setting where they probably have some very nice tampers, very nice things, or they may even have devices that auto-tamp or can help the barista tamp easier um, and at a consistent pressure. But I think, yes, basically what you're saying at home, palm of your hand, straight down off maybe the edge of the counter, or if you have a tamping mat uh, or a yeah. tamping stand, yeah. you know, putting your, your index finger and your thumb on the, on the edges of the porter 
quarter filter right. will help you go straight down. A good firm tamp, um, and whether or not you polish or not, um, I typically polish. I know there's some yeah, people out there that say they don't. They don't. Yeah. think you should polish, but they're, uh, they're just crazy. Don't yeah, listen to them. There's different, <laughs> but I, I I like to give a little quarter turn polish on that. Um, yeah. And then again, like you said, wipe off the edges of the grounds, and then you're normally good to go. Well, and so a um, couple of things we do behind the counter, which you may not be able to do at home, but some of this you, you can do at home. We use a like a distributor. It's um, like this little thing that before we actually tamp, you know, you can kind of put it down and, and spin, and it'll even things out before you actually do the tamp. And then we use what's called a puck press, which is, like I said, probably too expensive for the home. But super interesting thing that I have seen over the last couple of years that um, um, I think is probably here to stay and makes a lot of sense is they have these um, these spring-loaded mm-hmm. tampers. And um, you can set the actual pressure that you want. Via the spring. Yeah, and yeah. it's not that expensive. They're probably like you can get them for like less than uh, – Less than you know, fifty bucks. Um, so, yeah, I think that'd be more. That's more, and I've seen those used in a commercial setting. Obviously, if you can't afford an actual puck press tamping device, right, which is has advantages because there's replicatable pressure and and it's it's a, it's a robot basically that's doing that. So it's rep, you know it, it's doing it exactly perfect every time. It also saves the barista because I would say um, that's probably one of the issues that baristas have. Um, you know, over time of doing things repetitively, tamping coffee and then putting that porter filter in the machine and taking it out, you know that that is a strain. Yeah. Uh, so you do get yeah, like yeah. wrist strain type wrist strain. Of thing. So having that and then obviously that makes it easier. So having that in the home setting, doing something like the spring loaded one, or even doing the distribution tool with little needles with the with the WDT mm-hmm. uh, tool. Um, not exactly the same as like spinning that around and doing that, but you are declumping and kind of distributing that coffee somewhat evenly across the bed, which does help. So I think the biggest issue with a lot of times you see in home is channeling. So that's when you create pockets of air or pocket or clumps of coffee and you're allowing the water from the espresso machine to go straight through the coffee and actually bypass the coffee and then come out. And that tends to lead to a bad shot, obviously. So anything you can do to, to prep that puck is, is important, and especially yeah. in the home setting. I think it's much easier in a commercial setting because the tools and things that you're using behind the bar are more accurate, are obviously cost a lot more, so therefore the tolerance on them are higher, and there's normally more of a standard operating procedure behind a bar, well, behind a coffee bar, than maybe that you do at home. Yeah, and, so. and that said, and uh, Chris DeFerio and I talked about this um, a couple episodes ago, the flip side is, honestly... Most of your cafes, when you're getting that shot, they're like running wide open trying mm-hmm. to fill orders. Yeah. And so like like they may not be like severely watching to make sure that Correct. they're hitting that twenty five to thirty yeah. seconds and they're tamping correctly and stuff like that. And so so sometimes you are getting that better shot yeah. at home because you're sure. paying attention to all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's and that's something too I'd like I, a lot of times when I go visit I travel a lot. Uh, as well and so when I go to other places and I go find a new local coffee shop in the city that I'm staying in or I'm at I try to find a local shop and if I notice they're not busy or I I try to go during a time where they're not as busy because I like to normally get I'll get some drink that I want or some unique drink they may have but I always try to get 
an espresso service, like an espresso shot and however they serve that, whether or not they serve that with sparkling water or, right. or something. I always want to pull, get a shot of espresso, but I like to talk to the, to the barista that's pulling it. And as you say, if they're not wide open and they've got 20 tickets piled up behind them, <laughs> yeah. then they're more willing to take the time to do that, to pull that. Yeah. To, you know, because yeah, again, in a commercial nice. setting, you're trying, you're trying to obviously pump drinks out and it, you know, yeah. it's seven thirty in the morning when you've got 20 people standing in line. Sometimes you're just cranking through grinding, yeah. prepping, tamping, pulling, grinding, See, prepping, I f- tamping, pulling. I feel like, I feel like I'm a ninja going into any coffee shop because like, I, I know in my head the way that things should be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm usually, unfortunately, that guy that's like giving the barista the death stare, <laughs> like as they're pulling the shot, yeah. you know, and like not saying anything yeah. um, and just hoping that they don't like recognize me in some way. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, your 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 approach is probably better than my approach <laughs> for the bar. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's. Just a couple of easy things may sound obvious, but just want to make sure we say when you're pulling that shot, it's going to start off a almost like a molasses, like a syrupy, dark, and then it's going to finish um, more of a creamy blonde, which we would call blonding. Uh, some people say that that's when you should stop the shot when you start to see that, but you actually should still continue on um, because you some of what they're still pull it's still pulling out of the grounds at that point is beneficial as far as for the taste in the cup. And then we haven't even talked about crema yet, which is Italian for the word cream. Um, I know you're a big crema fan, right? I enjoy a good, good crema or a good head on top of the espresso. You know, and some people don't. Some people like, I, I've, I have not seen it, but I have heard that they will actually literally like take the crema off. I crema like off. it. Yeah. Um, I like the texture. Um, yeah, I would say in that three sips, we're going back to, to, back to your Dylan. friend up there at Dylan yep. up at Tinker, you know, when he's saying three sips and I would say that's kind of my experience is again, when I go to a, to a new place, I, I get a shot from there. It's normally that first sip. I try to take a little bit of that crema with the sip. Yep. And then I'll normally stir the crema in Okay. for that second sip. I'll do that next time. And I then like that final sip is just taking whatever's left in the cup that I didn't yeah. get the first two sips. So. Yeah, I like it. And so what it is, so crema is basically trapped CO2. And you're thinking, well, I don't want CO2. But actually, um, what it is, is there are these things called melanoidins in the roasting process um, and something else fancy called the Maillard reaction, which you can go back and listen to the roasting episodes to figure that out. Um, but basically, it's a um, the browning of anything, um, whether it's coffee beans or it's um, bread or whatever. But anyway, melanoidins act as a surfactant to help that CO2 stay around. Um, And you're thinking, well, it kind of looks like a Guinness. Well, it's the exact same thing. Um, And the reason that a Guinness does that is that there are melanoidins in the barley roasting process. So to me... A double shot espresso is like a Guinness, you know. It's it's like your morning drink, except you don't have the alcohol. I would say, I wouldn't say flavor wise it is, but <laughs> it is definitely you know a Guinness is nice and strong. And I would you say get that text. It's the that, same texture, same type texture. Yeah, in in yep. that head. Yeah, and it's the mouthfeel of of a Guinness, like the head of the Guinness or the crema of the Guinness. You could say maybe from pulling that through the nitro system, uh, and then just the 
the mouthfeel of the actual drink, the beverage. Yeah, you could probably honestly kind of say that is similar to maybe like an espresso because you do get that creme off the top, but then you, if you get that actual espresso, it's kind of oily, it's kind of thick a lot of times yeah. on a mouthfeel, so... Yeah, I would challenge you next time. This is something I like to do too. Okay, challenge I, me. As I will, as I, uh, especially if I get an espresso service where um, they do like a shot of espresso with some uh, like carbonated water or seltzer water. As I'm, I'll do my first sip, and then I actually will pour the espresso in the seltzer water. Okay, and I'll do like a espresso soda kind yeah. of thing going on. I like a seltzer espresso drink. Just be careful; um, it will it will foam over. So take a yeah. little take a little sip of the yeah of the, the water first. Not a, I don't know. Maybe a lot of people do, but I know at least I do. I like that. Um, but but yeah yeah, that's just a different way that you can do a I, drink. I find it refreshing in the summer. Yeah, it's it's, it's well good. here at the here at um, headquarters we have some right now we have some sparkling botanicals from Rishi. And what I what I have thought about doing is I'd like to see if there's one that would balance well with like a espresso shot and see like if yeah. like what kind of funky flavor that would give. Seems like we have some R and D work to do after this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, since we're still jacked up uh, with coffee, so okay, that's all I can think of for yeah. espresso, um, including but mainly home espresso. Uh, if we missed anything, one on uh just either DM us, uh, Humble Coffee on Instagram and uh, Facebook and some other social media stuff like that, or you can put it in a comment section on the ratings for the podcast, and we'll look at that, and we can always circle back around the stuff or answer you directly. Yeah. All right, Stefan, I appreciate having you on today. It's always good, Kenneth. I always love to be here at Coffee 101, hanging out with you, drinking some good coffee, and... Uh... Always chatting some good knowledge. All right. We'll catch you soon. Yep. All right, Katie. So does that make any, like, impact, all that conversation, any impact on um, any kind of change in opinion or respect or any of that kind of stuff for espresso? I mean, I love espresso. Yeah. So. So it's like, you're kind of like Jerry Maguire. You had me at hello. I'm, I, I'm going to have to be honest. I don't know who that is. <laughs> and I well, feel like it's one of those people. It's a that's show. Like, it was a movie. Okay, I was about to say, uh, it's giving Rocky... Rocky Balboa? Yeah, vibes. No. So it's after Rocky. Uh, it was a movie you need to see called Jerry Maguire and all Coffee like 101ers. Maguire. <laughs> all Coffee 101ers out there who don't know or haven't seen Jerry Maguire, it's worth seeing. And then you'll understand when I said you had me at hello. This um, is so funny to me because um, this girl I was babysitting, uh-huh. we're talking about like old TV shows, or we weren't, but we are right now. Anyway, it's my, anyway. Okay. Old for you, but not for me. Yes. Yeah. So this girl that I was babysitting, like my childhood, like the big cartoon that everyone and their mother watched was Phineas and Ferb, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And like, I thought that that was still a pretty relevant thing. But then this girl that I was babysitting, we were just like, it was a rainy day outside. We were like, let's just like watch some TV. So we got on Disney Plus and I was like, oh my gosh, let's watch Phineas and Verb. And she's like, what's that? And I was like, excuse me? What is Phineas and Verb, you ask? Well, let me tell you. And so we watched Phineas and Verb and made her life a little bit better. Phineas and so, Verb yeah. had it's like so an old much. Show. 
so much to, adult like humor in it. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. Was it Perry the Platypus? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he was trying to take over the, the tri-state area or something That's, like that. That's um, Doofenshmirtz. Doofenshmirtz. Dr. Yeah. Doofenshmirtz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, so, anyway, which has nothing to do with espresso, but they probably drank espresso mm-hmm. before they wrote Phineas and Ferb. Now the big show is Bluey. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched that before? Yeah. I watch it, like, for fun. Yeah. Like, on my own time. Like, it's the sweetest little, like, Aussie show, like, Aussie cartoon. Yeah. And it's, like, it's blown up because of how, like, real the show is and how, like, adults enjoy watching it as well as kids. Mm. And it's just, like, because it's so just, like, genuine. And I yeah. don't know. It's so cute. So go watch Bluey. It'll make your day a little bit better. And do it with an espresso. Do it with espresso. All right, that's all we have today for you 101ers out there. I enjoyed sitting and chatting with Stefan and sitting and chatting here with Katie. And um, we are happy you're here and we're happy that you listened. And we hope that that helped you as far as espresso, especially at home, but also understanding, you know, what's going on behind the bar at your local coffee shop. So do a couple of things for us. And you know these things, but I'm going to go ahead and say them anyway. One, tell a friend. Or tell three friends, which would be awesome, but at least tell one friend about Coffee 101. That friend that you know is Coffee Curious, that would help us out uh, to grow because we would love to educate everybody on coffee if we could. And then give us a rating. Um, That really helps us out, helps the show out, helps us grow, um, but also gives us good feedback as far as the things that we're doing well and the things that uh, we could always do better. So just want to say thank you. And love y'all and stay humble and we will listen with you and chat with you next time on Coffee 101.